RAC's post-op podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons and leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno National Network, the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. Over summer, we'd like to share with you some interviews from the recent past. These stories have proven popular among fellows over the last couple of years, and they're topics we believe new listeners to RAC's post-op podcast may enjoy too. We do hope you enjoyed this interview with Dr Joe Cramery from December 2018. On November 9th this year, the world held its breath as a medical team at the Royal Children's Hospital performed a rare operation to separate conjoined twins Nima and Dawa. The girls and their mother had arrived in Melbourne a month earlier from the Himalayan village in Bhutan, thanks to generous donations via the Children First Foundation. Despite some challenges, and to their mother's relief and exhilaration, the surgery was a success. The twins are now learning to move about independently at a retreat in Kilmore, north of Melbourne. Dr Joe Cramery, Head of Paediatric Surgery at the Royal Children's Hospital, was lead surgeon of the operation. He explains to Chris Ashmore how he learned of Nima and Dawa's plight and their subsequent arrival in Australia. They were initially identified because the local paediatric surgeon who works in Bhutan uh, had previously worked in Melbourne and had worked at Monash Hospital. So when he became aware of the twins, he actually contacted uh, Monash Hospital and the surgical team there to discuss about options to try and help the girls. I know without being directly involved, there was a lot of negotiations then set up to look at the possibility of bringing the girls to Australia to have their separation performed. During this period, we were shown some images of the girls, but the original planning was looking at the prospect of the surgery not happening at the Royal Children's Hospital. But ultimately, as the logistics were sorted out, it was felt in the end that probably the children's was the right place to bring the girls just because of their previous experience with co-joined twins and especially around the anaesthetic and the intensive care support that's needed to undertake these operations. Well, the girls arrived, I think, in early October and uh, the surgery was initially planned for October but was postponed. Why was that? Well, with these types of surgeries, they are different to what we normally do because normally we would consult and see patients first make an assessment, uh, work out what imaging is required and then plan a surgical date. That would be the normal way to do things. In these cases, we're very aware that they've been brought away from their own country. We are using uh, resources that are valuable resources and also people are donating money to try and assist uh, with these sorts of operations. So it is important for us to be as economical as possible, though at the same time deliver the highest level of care. In those situations, we try and be a little bit proactive in what we're doing. So we actually, when we knew the girls were coming, had sort of planned uh, timing for investigations that we thought we needed. And we'd also planned a possible surgical date, knowing that we would need quite a lot of resources at that time. Now, ultimately, we worked towards that date, but we always knew that it may have to change if the girls didn't meet all the parameters that we wanted. And really, up until a couple of days before, we thought we had the girls in a position where they could undertake the surgery and tolerate the surgery. 
Though has well been documented, I guess some of the biochemical levels in the body just simply didn't hit the levels that we thought was appropriate for the surgery. And ultimately in the 11th hour, we decided it was probably better for the girls to have an extra period of time, just simply for nutritional support and also to get their blood levels, especially their haemoglobin up to a reasonable or a higher level. Well, if we look at the day of the surgery itself, could you walk us through what you did that day? I understand you didn't really know what to expect exactly uh, once you started operating. We did do investigations before, and we were certainly able to do more sophisticated imaging here with things like MRI, which was not available in Bhutan. So I think we had a pretty good idea of what was connected. However, there are parts of the body that any sort of imaging don't show up perfectly, and I guess bowel is one of them. And also we know with children that understanding areas of the lower chest like the uh, diaphragm and the pericardium are difficult to visualise in such small babies. So we always had to be prepared that those areas were not as robustly built as one would hope. And also we had to be prepared that the bowel may be connected between the two girls and not completely separate. And that sort of thing you just have to be prepared to deal with at surgery. What we were reasonably confident about is that the first part of the bowel, the duodenum, looks separate. And from discussions with previous surgeons who've been involved in these type of separations, that is always the tricky area to be sure of because if they share the very proximal part of the bowel, then they often share a lot of connections with the liver as well, and that can make separation particularly difficult. But we sort of went into this operation knowing that was pretty unlikely. Well, compared to other surgery that you've performed, how challenging was this kind of operation? I think logistically it was challenging. Um, We had to do a lot of planning. We uh, sort of did run-throughs before to make sure that we'd worked out all the logistics. You're essentially doing two operations in the one operating theatre, which normally you wouldn't try and do, and uh, it certainly adds the problem of how you monitor equipment and making sure the appropriate equipment goes to the right twin and that the even the, the right medications and drugs are delivered appropriately to the right twin. So all of those logistics had to be put in place. And uh, ultimately, on the day, we just had to be sure that everybody was coordinated, everybody was prepared to do what they needed to do to move to the right position when that was appropriate at the time. When it came to the actual surgery, it did involve a liver resection, it did involve reconstruction of the lower chest and ultimately the abdominal wall. And I guess, as I've said before, they are elements of surgery that we do in different situations, not that infrequently. Um, I guess it's the nature of having two and then separating and then doing that in a co-joint sort of way that makes it uh, a little different. So overall, it's fair to say it went pretty smoothly? Well, yeah, look, we found that we didn't get any of the surprises that we thought we might have seen. And so it allowed us really just to follow the operation according to the planning that we put in place. We were a little bit nervous about the amount of skin and muscle we would have available for both the girls to close their abdomens. But ultimately, the girls were kind and we had enough tissue to largely close both sides, only using a small amount of synthetic material to help us out with one of the twins. So we were really lucky on the day in that uh, nature was kind and gave us uh, good tissues to work with. And ultimately it's been very good with the girls because that's also shown in their recovery. 
Dragons. So they've recovered well? Yeah, look, they struggled a little bit on the first night. It was always going to be a challenge to them uh, generally, just with the simple post-operative things like pain and discomfort, but also their bodies readjusting to being separated. But really by the next day, we saw them becoming more comfortable, all their blood measurements had settled down, and really they're recovering like any other post-surgical patient. And the mum would have been quite relieved and quite apprehensive in the beginning, but quite uh, delighted with the result at the end too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think mum, because this had gone on for such a long time, mum sort of saw what impact the girls being joined was having on their development and also the impact on her because, as we've seen, she's not a big lady and just the simple fact that she had to carry the twins everywhere, there wasn't a push or a pram that you could push them into. She basically was still largely breastfeeding the girls. So it was taking quite a toll on her. And she was always very stoical, but she was, you know, very keen, obviously, for the girls to have a better quality of life. I know that she was very disappointed when we didn't do the operation the first time, but she never complained about that. She remained uh, smiling in her very Bhutanese sort of way. But ultimately, she's very delighted once the girls were separated. But I think she's even more delighted now because she's now starting to see the girls act as two little girls, two individuals who can achieve things and and start to grow to their potential. And where to from here? What uh, needs to be done for the future for the care of the children? Like any surgery, there is always the post-surgical follow-up to make sure that everything we've joined remains strong. I think there are elements of the way that we've put their tummies and chest together that are a little bit different. I mean, certainly the shape of their lower chest is not really flat because of the way that they were joined and uh, the muscles and things have had to be drawn together centrally to try and give good support in that area. We're pretty confident that that overall will give the girls uh, good function going forward. Aesthetically, it's probably not perfect, but I suspect... For the girls back home, that won't be a major problem for them. I'll be catching up with them within the next week just to do that routine surgical review. And I'm hoping at that point we can largely say we think the girls are in good shape then to look at returning to Bhutan. But really, like any other operation that's complex, there is also that rehab side to it. And we know that the girls overall development and milestones were affected by being co-joined. They never really learned how to sit. They didn't really learn balance. They actually developed a very awkward sort of stance because they had to arch their back so significantly really to get separation between the two girls just to feed and do things. So that really complicates their ability to get balance. That has complicated their ability to learn how to move independently. We're also seeing with the girls that they're different since separation because uh, Nima, who was the one who largely was on the top trying to push her sister away, by virtue of that, had learned a little bit more strength and head control than Dawa, who was the one who was generally lying down. So we've seen Nima make, uh, I guess, greater strides initially in movement, and she's starting to crawl now, than Dawa, who I think is going to take a little bit longer to build up that basic strength and that basic um, movement. 
So I think we're going to, once we've been through the post-surgical reviews, then we'll just need to set ourselves a point where we think we can transfer their care back to Bhutan. And that hasn't been decided because we know that they have limited resources there. But we will be working with the team over there to try and get them home as soon as possible. I know mum, because she's got other children, is desperate to get back there. Well, I suppose to finish with, thank you and congratulations, Dr. Cramery, and uh, certainly an extraordinary and warm, heartfelt story to finish off the podcast for the year. So thank you very much for your time. Uh, No worries. And as I've always said, you know, and I guess that's what it reflects here, it's just really a team. I get to sit out the front and pretend like I'm driving it, but really it was a teamwork and a teamwork by a group. I guess that has done this before and that really showed in the approach. It made it much easier because we had people in that room who just understood this condition, so it was good. Dr Joe Cramery. RAC's post-op podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons and leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno National Network, the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. You can reach the Bongiorno National Network on plus 613 9863 3111.